Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So today, as you know, it's Tony Tuesday. Tony Serino, former co-host of the Locked On Steelers podcast, is back with us for an entire show. We're going to have a fun discussion. We're going to talk about some big news with Bud Dupree. Well, more so confirming news. We kind of suspected it if you've been listening to the show for the past couple months. Um, But still going over what that means for the Steelers and what it might mean moving forward for the rest of this offseason. Going to also talk about the XFL because Tony is a lover and defender of Landry Jones and he had a rough uh, weekend. Also going to get some hot takes from Tony. Then we're going to go into more about the scouting combine. We've got some more numbers to crunch and just more things to talk about about where Tony sees the team, where I see the team, where you might see the team. And just kind of with what what positions they should be looking at, and if that's changed with the combine. Also, listen to this show, and you're and you're and you're a supporter. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Please subscribe to the show. Give us a five star review as well as a positive comment. If you do, I'll read your review live on the show as long as it is safe for work. Also. As a as a Pittsburgh media member, I have been I have been put into. I'm, I'm calling out to all of our locked on listeners. I'm calling out to anyone who wants to support. I've been put into the Pittsburgh media March Madness bracket, which is a fun tournament between Pittsburgh media personalities, uh, where people get votes, and that's what determines if they are who's the best media personality. I'm a 16 seed going up against former Penguin Colby Armstrong. If you want to vote, go to my Twitter page at Carter Critiques and get, please give me a vote. Uh, there's a there's a there's a there's a post there where if you if you look at it, I talk about it, and then you could go into the vote yourself. It's from Joey Bag of Donuts. Um, that's who the poll that's poll is hosted by. You can leave a vote for me. Uh, vote and please retweet it. Get more friends to vote. Hey, we can get a chance to get locked on Steelers to pull off a huge upset over from a 16 seed over a one seed. All right, so there's that. All right, let's get into it. All right, everyone, welcome back, our man. Tony Serino. Tony, how you feeling today, sir? I am doing well. Thanks for having me back on. Glad to have you back on as always, my man. Uh Tony, we're gonna we're gonna get into your, your Tony takes later in the show, but we got breaking news to discuss. And that in is of course uh we've got a report from ESPN's uh Jenna Lane who's saying, not sure if it's, it's been reported, this was tweeted out at 144 p.m. yesterday saying that league sources have told me that they expect both the Redskins to franchise tag Brandon Scherf, who cares, and the Steelers to tag Bud Dupree. Now, Tony, it's funny, like, when I I, I spoke briefly to Dale about this, and Dale was like, I've been saying this for two months, but (laughs) I feel bad that she's, like, trying to, like, scoop it, but, you know, uh, still, I think it, it coming from more sources and a national source this is usually a sign, I think, to everyone else that, like, okay, this is definitely happening. Yeah, and, and I think the only reason why you would think the Steelers wouldn't do this is because of the salary cap, I guess, inflexibility that they have without the CBA being done, right? Because there's that 30% rule, uh, so they can't they can't just do their their magic with reworking contracts to to free up this money, right? They're gonna need what 16 and a half to get this done. And so the question, I mean, look, it, it was it was never really a question whether they're gonna franchise them. It was just a, a question of how are they gonna create the money. To do it, and I think that's really, Chris, probably the, the next question, right? Which is like, okay, so they're gonna they're gonna franchise them, but they don't have the money right now. So 
Does that mean that we've seen the last of Mark Barron? Does that mean we've seen the last of maybe Ramon Foster, Vance McDonald, some of those guys? So I would say Mark Barron, yes. I would say Ramon Foster, yes. I would say Anthony Ciccolo, yes. Yeah, and maybe even Jordan Berry, right? I think Jordan Berry's on that list. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Vance McDonald's on that list, and here's why. They don't have – he is the only possible tight end they have – that can possibly be a starter right now. I mean, they, they, they he's the only guy that they can say, hey, get out there, make some plays. Now, yes, he's hurt. Yes, he yes he seems to be injury prone. Um, but he's the one guy that when he is healthy, they can at least trust that. And if they were to cut him, they'd only get about $5 million in cap space. That's barely enough to sign another veteran tight end. So right. I, I think their philosophy right now is keep Vance – Maybe bringing in a cheap veteran. You know, I, I brought up on the Ultimate Division crossover a Ricky Seals Jones, a tight end from the Browns, that's going to get let go, and he could be signed on, on the extreme cheap. He caught four touchdowns last year. Um, you know, see if Vanette wants to come back. Um, you know, and, and take a look around the league. There's always guys you could sign for the cheap, and if they if they work great, if they don't, whatever. Um, and then you could also have in camp. You got Zach Gentry coming back. Um, see how see how much he's improved and if he can earn his way to a second spot. And then, again, maybe you draft a guy in the third, fourth, or fifth rounds. Do not draft him in the second round. This is not the year to do that. Um, but, you know, if, if you see a guy that you want and bring him into camp, then maybe you got two vets, uh, a second-year player and a rookie, that you're thinking, all right, we got a, a tight end core. Let's at least try to mold something out of it. Yeah. And, but so I, I don't think the answer is going to be, getting rid of Vance McDonald. I, but I do think they're going to get rid of those guys. Maybe a few others we haven't, we haven't seen. Um, but, uh, but I, I think just what we're seeing here with the Bud Dupree news is just confirming to everyone else. And finally, maybe, maybe finally, I don't know, maybe people, people still don't pay, pay that much attention with the Steelers. Maybe national people will stop drafting outside linebackers to the Steelers in their mock drafts with their first pick. <laughs> well, and then, and then there's going to be the talk of, uh, you know, once once this franchise tag is in place, right, then all of a sudden, you know, the the long term negotiations start with Bud, right? Or, or I guess there's also the the opportunity, Chris, that, that this is just a one year deal, right? This is kind of a rental deal and, a, you know, and an all in move for the Steelers say, look, we want Bud Dupree back because we think that we have this window right now. But, you know, we got the TJ Watt deal coming. We got the Juju deal coming. Maybe we don't maybe we don't want to sign Bud on a on a big long term deal. We just want him for 2020 because, you know, there there is no obvious solution at outside linebacker beyond Bud Dupree. Yeah, that's certainly a possibility, Tony. It makes a lot of sense because, you know, they, they like you said, they have a lot of money considerations coming up. Now, with this CBA, a lot of those money considerations could be a lot easier come 2021 if this if they get that 17th game that opens up a lot more money. Um, you're going to be able to sign TJ Watt, maybe sign Juju, um, maybe, or, or, you know, or plan to keep another one of those receivers. Um, and, and the other thing I think people forget is that they're assuming that you know when 2021 arrives or you know and then we're looking and then you're looking after that season they're like man there's no way they can keep anybody once that once two seasons is up Ben's gone like that like I don't think he's gonna renew after this after this contract if he does um, you know it might it, it might be at a cheaper price than 33 and a half million dollars depends on how he plays these next two years yeah um, and even if he doesn't you're looking at the at types like uh, Marquise Pouncey who's made it clear that once Ben retires, he's he's retiring. Um, so like that's a lot of money coming off the books if Ben. Comes he's also up. made it very clear that he does not like this CBA. I don't know if he saw that. Oh yeah, he, he's, yeah, he was very adamant about that in his video. 
yeah. um, <laughs> saying that him and his brother will will pay certain pay players rent. And I'm like, uh, guy, that's not that's not the problem here, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think he misses the, the the point there, but um, but you know, but also like you know, you're gonna have Joe Hayden. I mean, Joe Hayden's a vet that, that's signed to a, a short a shorter deal that's worth a lot of money. You know, Steven Nelson's probably going to need a contract to be working if they want to keep him around. So there's going to be a lot of reshaping that happens in the next two years so that the Steelers, if they, the young players that they want to keep over the next few years, they're going to be able to uh, if they want to if they want to keep certain guys. Um, so I, people shouldn't think that this is always going to be the Steelers cap situation. Um, there's there's going to be a time for them to reload. It's just it's just not right now. And I think Bud Dupree keeping Bud Dupree right now is is a very smart move. You know who knows? You know, uh, you know, back in the mid two thousands, don't forget. You know, Joey Porter was the man, and they let him go, and they were and people were like, "Why are we letting go Joey Porter?" Enter James Harrison, undrafted guy. So you know, maybe Tazar Skipper, Ola Adini, someone becomes that number two. Again, they don't need to be James Harrison, but just someone develop into that number two pass rusher behind TJ Watt that you don't have to pay a whole lot of money right away. Right. Um, and that might solve the problem. But the, the, and the thing that they're not going to have to do, right. So let's say that they keep Bud on this one year uh, franchise tag. They do not reset. They do not get him on a long-term deal, but that does open up, you know, because like you said, they're going to have to cut Chicolo in order to make this happen. That's going right. to open up some playing time for a guy like a Dini or a skipper, whichever one emerges as the third best there. Then the Steelers can get a real look at whether or not that guy could be, you know, the next James Harrison or whatnot. And I think it puts him in a much better position going into 2021 to say, okay, you know what? We do need to get Bud re-signed because Skipper and Odini are not the guy. Or maybe one of those guys do blossom and then you let Bud go. Um, I don't know what happens if they come off the franchise tag. Do you, do you get the uh, compensatory pick? I guess they would because the Steelers are getting a compensatory pick for Le'Veon. So you get the compensatory pick and you get Skipper and Ola. I think it's a savvy move for the Steelers. If Even if they don't get him on a long-term deal, just to keep Bud for 2020, keep the window open, and then you know buy yourself some time at the edge rush position. Certainly. That's a very reasoned take, Tony. Uh, we're gonna New take... reason Tony's back here. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I, I doubt that's going to happen because next segment, we're going to do some Tony's takes coming up here. Uh, but before that, we got to go to a break. Be right back. Okay, Tony. Uh, let's, we're going to do some national stuff with Tony's takes. So I want to give you the floor to explore something because, you know, I, I think people that have connections to stories should be able to talk about them. Sure. Uh, you're a Tony. Another yes. Tony made major news. Tony Romo got signed to $17 million a year to to, to simply do broadcast sports for, for <laughs> CBS. Mm-hmm. Tony – are you seeing any of that? Do you guys have a Tony coalition that it's, they, it's like a union? It's great to be a Tony right now. It really is. We're, we're all over the place. Although this, I guess, well, I, I left Locked On. But, you know, I'm, I'm doing all right outside of Locked On. But Tony Romo, <laughs> Tony Romo is doing fantastic for himself. Holy cow. Yeah, he's making $17 million to stay with CBS. I guess they got into some kind of bidding war with, with ESPN where, uh, you know, ESPN wanted him for Monday Night Football because uh, that announcement thing is a disaster right now. Um, yeah, it's great to be a Tony right now, Chris. It really is. I mean, here's the thing. Why can't ESPN get into a bidding war over me? I right, just, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I could hey, try. If they to... do, I'll come back, by the way. If they do. <laughs> 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 I'll throw the Chris Carter, Tony just throw that out there. <laughs> we'll be appearing on, on uh, Get Up in the Morning with, with Greeny and them. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to get, get, that, get that out of the way because I thought it was funny. Anyways. All right, Tony, you are a defender. 
of Landry Jones in the XFL. Landry mm-hmm. Jones got shellacked mm. in it was pretty rough. He was up against the Houston Roughnecks, and in three possessions, he threw three interceptions. And at one point, I don't know who said it, but they, they were using the cameras on the sidelines, and one of the Houston defenders said, get Landry Jones the F out of here. Um, yeah. What was your what was your take seeing that? That had to be hard on you. I mean, he stormed back in the end a little bit, but then he, he got hurt, and yeah. uh, it was rough. Well, okay, I gotta be honest. Uh, you say, what did it? What did it feel like to see it? <laughs> I didn't see it. I, <laughs> I forgot the game was on. Someone tweeted me and said, "Man, your boy Landry's really struggling," or something like that. And I was like, "Wait, that game started already?" <laughs> I was like, "Wait, that game's on?" And I turned it on. And, I was, and it's like Landry Jones three hundred steps. Like, whoo! I didn't miss it. Good thing I didn't have it on. I didn't want I, the part I didn't want to see already happened. Uh, yeah. I, so I, I actually haven't seen. Although I did see the coach at halftime say, "Chris." that none of those three interceptions were Landry's fault. So I'm happy to say that Landry played a great game in his coach's eyes, although it doesn't matter because uh, Landry Jones got hurt on a very similar play, Chris, to uh, to one Patrick Mahomes, right? It's, it's very it's very clear that the path that, that Landry Jones is taking right now, best quarterback in the league, that's obvious. Uh, he gets hurt on a quarterback sneak. Will he come back late in the year and, and uh, take this team to a – uh, to an XFL championship, I think there's no doubt about it. So, you know, Landry, uh, he's, he's he's going through a rough patch. By the way, the access the XFL has right now, not only do they have that, uh, you know, the, the shot you're talking about with the defenders saying, you know, get Landry Jones the F out of here. They also had a shot of Landry Jones, like, openly sobbing on the sideline about his knee. I mean, his knee is all wrapped up because it's clearly the same knee that he injured in uh, training camp in the XFL. And, you know, I mean, this is a guy who, you know, did he tear his ACL? Did he, did he do, you know, catastrophic knee damage? He doesn't know at this point, but, you know, I, I'm sure he's thinking it's the worst. And this is a guy trying to work himself back into the NFL. So, uh, yeah, that was a terrible. I don't understand why the XFL is playing that. But, you know, th- I mean, that's what they want, right, is they want that they want that um, the access that you don't get from the NFL. There was no blue tent for Landry in this, in this case. So, uh, yeah, it's, it was a sad day for Landry. I thought he played well in the second and third quarter. Couldn't complete that comeback because uh, – he went down with a with a bad knee injury. It looks like. Yeah, that was uh that, that was that was pretty sad to see for Landry Jones. But I mean, just the wild inconsistency is just a reminder, I think, to all Steelers fans of what what's been what's been the his his story of his career. There's times he makes some really good strikes, and there's other times you're just like, what the heck are you doing, man? Yeah. Um, and uh, but you know that's that that's that's why he's in the XFL right that, now. And that's why I love him because I love quarterbacks who are who are just wildly different, uh, you know, from play to play or game to game. Take uh, take take Doc Hodges for instance. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> so that that that's fine. Do you have a do you have a are, are, is is Landry Jones is his uh, are his struggles in the XFL causing you to look at another team? They are causing me to look at another sport. Uh, so what what are you switching to (laughs) yeah well uh you know i'm glad you asked because it is becoming that time of year Uh, don't you do with what i think you're about to do we're not going to talk about soccer okay not let me tell you the host we will not talk about soccer on this show i one of my biggest regrets as the solo host of locked on Steelers is i didn't talk about soccer enough because now that you're on, I, I just cannot talk about it. So I won't. I won't talk about it, although English Premier League soccer and, and Champions League are very good right now. But what I really want to talk to you about is a different sport. That's Formula One. Uh, Formula One is a sport that I got into last year 
because a documentary came out on Netflix called Drive to Survive. Uh, Drive to Survive is one of the best sports documentaries I've ever seen. Uh, it got me so engrossed in the sport. It teaches you that what the documentary does really well is it teaches you not only the sport, but why it's interesting, right? The kind of, you know, the, the idea that it's a lot like college football in that there are kind of the haves and have nots, and there are kind of two different things going on, right? You know, there's there's a team like Mercedes who's going to be competing for the championship, and then there's a team like, you know, uh, Williams that's just going to be competing in the midfield, right? Same like in college football, like Bama's competing for a title, and Akron is like trying to win their conference, but they're not going to compete for a national title. It's a very interesting sport. If you want to get into it, I highly recommend it. If you like racing at all, I'm mean, look, I'm from the South. I'm from Florida. Racing is like just in my blood, so I like it. And so Formula One was the, the you know, if you think NASCAR is too boring, you know, in, in Formula One, they turn right and left. So it's, it's an interesting thing they do there. Uh, I, I loved the documentary. Season one is out. Uh, last year, season two just came out. I binged the entire thing this weekend. It's even better than the first season. It'll get you prepared. The first race is in Australia. It's it's on uh, March fifteenth. It airs on ESPN. Uh, it's a, it's it, and if you need something to bide your time between now and the start of the NFL season or even the start of training camp, I, I you know for me it's Formula One. Uh, and especially if you're like me and you were hoping that the XFL would fill that void, and now Landry's gone and there's really no reason to watch anymore. Uh, maybe get maybe give Formula One a shot. Tony. Yes. <laughs> I give you the floor and you do this. This is almost <laughs> as bad as you telling me that the Patriots are gonna go get Ryan Tannehill. I, you know, I told the he said he said I said during the break I said uh, you know if you ask me something if you ask me for my like a, 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 a crazy take I have one that's way out of left field and here we are. <laughs> here 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 we are. We we we, we really spoke about Formula One. Yes. Locked on Steelers podcast. That's and, that's what that's where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. Tony Surratt. Now the the one the one warning I have to say to all listeners is it it, it is the kind of sport because a lot of it's in Europe and, and overseas. It does well, that's air. Enough. That's enough. You don't need to tell me. It airs at weird times, so it's like a nine a.m. type of thing. So you tape it and watch it during the day. That's what I do. Tape it and then you know you have people over. You watch it during the day. Anyway, anyway. All right. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> Jesus. You have any football takes you'd like to give us? And not um, football. Yeah, I mean, not, not really. That's that's pretty much all I got. No, it's Formula One. That's the UK one. It's so talk about Formula One. I told you it was gonna be way out there. People, way Tony out Tuesdays. there. Tony Tuesdays are canceled. No, I'm yeah. kidding. Um, uh, well, give it another week and a half, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we do have other things to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna talk. About, we're gonna get into back into the combine. Uh, had a little bit more time to go over some of the results. There's a lot to talk about, a lot of number crunching and comparisons I want to do that I'll be doing as we get more time to sort of take in the results. Listen, we still got like over a month for the draft, so we're, there's a lot of time to discuss this stuff. But Tony got a chance to kind of look over some stuff, so we're going to just go back and forth on things we saw and what we like, don't like, et cetera, et cetera. Stay right there. Be right back. All right, Tony, so – I talked a little bit about the NFL scouting combine yesterday, um, and uh, you know I, I didn't get a chance to look over a whole lot of the results. But you know now that everything's kind of been finalized, there's been databases that you could put together and stuff you could you could analyze and compare and look at stuff. So I still got a lot of analysis I want to do in the long term, but in the short term, we've got some uh, interesting things to look at here. Tony, I mean, I know that you 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 weren't watching the XFL, which means you probably weren't watching the scouting combine, but you were probably keeping tabs on it. Sure. Uh, what what were some of the things that jumped out at you coming out of this? And and also, 
where do you want the Steelers to go with their first pick of the draft? Because that's been one of the major talking points um, with, a, with a lot of our listeners. I, I just I, – I, if I have any sort of strong opinion, I really don't have a strong opinion because it's a second-round pick. It's not a first-round pick. Right. But I guess I would – and I know this is going to go completely counter to uh, what you've been talking about on the show. I, I don't want them to pick a running back early because, you know, nope. again, I'm, I'm running backs don't matter guy. Uh, you know, and I just – I feel like the guy you can get in the second round, I don't know that he's going to be substantially better than a guy you can get in the third round or in even, even the fourth round or fifth round. Uh, and, you know, I mean, you look around the NFL, right? Um, you know, this is kind of proven out. Even you look at the Super Bowl with Damian Williams versus uh, Raheem Mostert. Uh, so, you know, look, there's a lot of talented running backs in this draft, and the fact that the Steelers have that need, I think, makes you know, put makes an easy connection there of saying like, and I've even, you know, the, we talk about the combine, like what stood out. I really like the idea that Clyde Edwards-Helaire kind of tested, you know, quote unquote poorly. I mean, he only ran a four-six. Um, so maybe he falls down the draft a little bit because I think if the Steelers are kind of in that same mindset of not wanting to draft someone in the second round, you know, because they're because they feel like they're okay with Connor and Snell uh, and even Samuels, but they do want to kind of add someone else to that room just for another mix. And and Elaire were to fall into the third or fourth round, I think that'd be perfect for the Steelers. Um, so that would be awesome. But um, yeah, I just I, you know I, I'm still I'm still on board with like. I feel like a wide receiver because this draft is is so deep at wide receiver. Um, a wide receiver wouldn't be bad to add to the room. Uh, I know they have three good guys there, but you know you can't have enough good receivers in the modern NFL. Um, and then you know I mean look, there, and there's a ton of other spots, right? You can go safety there because uh, I think the Steelers have some depth issues at safety. Uh, although you know you're, if you're drafting a second round guy who's really going to be depth, I mean, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just the only one I have a really strong opinion of is like I, I would rather them not take a running back in the second round. Interesting. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I get that, and I, I've been I, I've been back and forth. But my, my thing is this: I, I, it's not that I want him to just take a running back just to take a running back. I just I I I, I my, if I had my if I if I had my pick of picks, like if if everything was was right in the world, I'd want them to take an offensive lineman because I also think this is a very strong offensive lineman class. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the problem is, I just I see way too many teams, um, um, taking offensive linemen right now. Um, you know, just, just, I mean, and because, and that's part of, because of how good of a class this was, uh, you know, you got you, Jedrick Wells is the top of, is the top of the line, the tackle from Alabama, but you know, Makai Becton shot off the charts and you still got Tristan Wharfs out, out of Iowa. Those are the top three tackles. They're probably, you know, a lot of people projected them to go top 10. Like we're talking about three linemen gone by, by the first 10 picks of the draft. Then you right. still got people like Andrew Thomas, uh, Cesar Ruiz that, that could go, uh, in the, in the first round, Josh Jones, who's projected to go in the first round, you know, that that's six guys right there in the first round. And then you're still going to have the Lucas Neongs, the Lloyd Cushenberry, the thirds who, I mean, if that that's the one guy, if he can somehow fall at least close enough for the Steelers to find a way to trade up, that would, I'd love to get Cushenberry the third. I think he's, I think, uh, you know, what I've seen of him on tape, I really like how he plays. I think he's got his head on straight and um, he would be a welcomed addition and a good air to have to Pouncey. Um, you know, for because because we like like we were just talking in the in the earlier segment, um, it, it's no guarantee that Pouncey's going to be around much longer. Right. Uh, and, and there's also the consideration that you know that, that he that he could get hurt. Um, and we're talking about them potentially keeping uh, fin, uh, Finney. Um, but yeah, I mean, now the one thing I will say about taking a running back early is that I think it is someone who can contribute early. Right. And and that's something that the Steelers may need to take into account. This yeah. year, and it's something they didn't. You know, you go back to what was it, the 2018 draft 
when they yep. took Mason Rudolph and Chuck Zokarafor in the third round. And a lot of Steeler fans felt like, and I, I think, you know, I think, I think I was uh, certainly, you know, within the same ballpark here with like, hey, what are you doing taking a quarterback and a tackle who's not going to play anytime soon in a year where, you know, you're, you may be a player or two away from a Super Bowl run, right? You know, you look at the, it would, they were, this is the year coming off of the Jaguars loss in the playoffs. Um, and now, obviously, we didn't know Le'Veon wasn't going to show up and, you know, and all the stuff with, with AB was going to happen. But at the time, it felt like that was a team, you know, on kind of a last gasp of a killer B Super Bowl run. Now you have this new window opening up with the defense being as good as it is and the hope that Ben Roethlisberger can come back from this injury. Um, so do you feel like Kevin Colbert, you know, maybe should be prioritizing, especially at the top of this draft, second, third round, guys who can contribute early on in their career because – there is this new window of 2020 and 2021, and then we're back out on the quarterback market, you know, while hoping to get someone that can fill in while this defense is still very good. No, that's exactly why I think that running back is is totally an option right now. Yeah. I just because you look at and again, you know, you talking about how you know running backs are maybe a dime or a dozen. Um, you know, it's it's always interesting when people bring up the you know the teams that they like running like oh look at the Niners they had a good running game with Raheem Mostert well. It's often like when you think back, like what great run at rushing attacks just had that, that lasted and that were able to carry a team, which is really this rushing attack that they need to develop right now. It needs to be able to carry this offense, even with Ben Roethlisberger coming back. I, you know, I'm making this point. You cannot expect this guy to come back and throw 5,000 yards. You need to come in, come back and hope that he can run a balanced offense and that this rushing attack after he retires in two years is at a point where a young quarterback or a veteran, veteran quarterback can be brought in and just kind of be like, hey, you know, you you have the reins, but understand that, that we go through this this powerhouse right now. That's why I think if they get a young running back right now, it's a guy that, that and, he's a, and he's phenomenal or at least just very good. Um, yeah. then that means that's a guy on the cheap. You're not paying him a whole lot. Um, you're figuring everything else out around your team. It takes running back from a, something that you have. You won't have to draft another running back for quite some time because you'll, st you'll still have him and Snell, maybe Samuels, maybe White, you know, maybe Connor, whoever you keep around from this group. Um, and, and you have a, and if you get like a legit number one guy, um, then in four or five years, you're going to be, then, then you've revamped everything. And then you decide, you know, do we want to keep this guy or you want to go, go back and get another guy with a second round pick, um, you know, in, in the draft. I just, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, if they can get an offensive lineman that that can fight in that position, that would be great. Um, you know, some people, uh, have, some people, you know, have thought that, you know, oh, maybe more offensive linemen will fall to them. Um, I just again, I just don't think that's going to happen. They're, they're, they're valued too high. I also I know that this is a very good receiver class, but it's because it's a very good receiver class. I don't think they need to reach for one in the second round. You can get a talented one in the fourth and the fifth round. You can get that Gandy Golden kid. I mean, I think Jawan Jennings out of Tennessee would be a heck of a pick in the sixth round if you could get him there. Um, and, and I think that's where he's going to be available. Um, you know, if you get one of those guys in the later rounds or even just a speedster, you know, you, if, if you're, if, if you're looking, if you're looking around this draft class and you're saying, Hey, I, I just, I just need a burner, you know, and, and maybe a guy that's, that's, that's going to challenge some people, you know, chase Claypool out of Notre Dame. I, you know, he's six, he's six, four, 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 two on his 40 yard dash. Um, you know, he's got a big body, uh, you know, maybe that's a guy that if he's in the fourth or fifth rounds, you, you take a flyer on him. 
yeah. you know, and there's other there's, there's other guys that ran very well at this combine that you can at least take a look at and say, you know what, let's just take a swing here. And if you miss in the middle middle to late rounds, it doesn't kill you, right? It's just, oh well, I, we, we we took that swing, but they've spent. I mean, this three straight years, they've picked either in the second round or the early part of the third round to get receivers. And I think they've they've done enough of, of that part. If but they if imagine if they got a Martavis Bryant, like because he was in the fourth round, you got right. someone of that caliber uh, in the later rounds. That's where I think you could do that. But in that second round, if there's a stud running back available, if Dobbins somehow falls, see, because he didn't run in this combine, um, you know, you know, pick that up, work with that and then. Over time, you can uh, you can get your running game together. You know, maybe gel that offensive line, and maybe next year with that first overall, with that first round pick that you'll have, then you get you get the new you know captain of the offensive line that you want to anchor the the group moving forward. Um, but I just I, that's why I'm leaning running back. It's not because I think that it's it's the most important position in the in the on the team. It's just because I think this is a very good year to be able to do that. Um, and still address other positions later in the draft. Yeah, no, understandable. And and the one thing about the Steelers, right? I mean, you know, the kind of where I'm coming from with the running backs don't matter thing is like a great running back's not going to make a bad offense great, but a great offense can make an average running back look great because of the surroundings. Um, and and so you know, a running back coming into the Steelers right now, I think, is coming into a pretty good situation. And hope hopefully, right? If the offensive line stays relatively stable, you know, if they were to move Filer to guard or whatever, keep keep Finney and, and whatnot. I mean, that, I think they'll be relatively stable on the offensive line. And then, uh, you know, obviously, you know, wide receiver is good. Uh, quarterback should be hopefully good. I think a running back coming in there can certainly, like you said, can make an impact. And it's not like, you know, it's not like the Jets getting Le'Veon and hoping that that's just going to turn their offense around. But, you know, they have no supporting cast or it's not going to work. So in the Steelers case, I think, you know, that's why I don't have like a super strong opinion about it. If the Steelers were to take a running back, I get it. And, and I think it could work, especially in the immediate. Yeah, I, I do think it, there's a there's a really good chance that that works out. I also don't think you know if if this was a year of tight ends, yeah, I, I'd consider that too. But it's not a year of tight ends. This this tight end class, if if you take one in the second round, you are reaching. Um, if you take one of this, I mean, I mean, and that's and that's saying that like even if all if no tight end is selected, like if Cole right. Komet, who seems to be everyone's top pick this year, if he's available, I'm not picking him in the second round. Maybe with that third round compensatory pick, whenever they announce it, they were supposed to announce this two weeks ago. It's ridiculous. I don't know what's going on. Um, but uh, but yeah, with with you know. With with the tight end position, sure I'd address that, but they need a playmaker on offense. They need a person that they they can rely on for big plays and to put touchdowns on the board and help them win in the red zone, um, and to take the pressure off of Ben. This is all why I think that the running back is needed. And and again, you know, we're also talking about uh, one reason I really like Clyde Edwards Hilaire is he never fumbled. You know, we're also talking about you know there were plenty of times where James Conner was well blocked for. Um, you know, or, you know, Stephen, Rid Stephen Ridley, like there, there's been plenty of times that the Steelers have had average running backs that could, that had good blocking and good opportunities. And they still were fumbling away key opportunities to win games. I mean, James yeah. Conner, and, and not to put everything on, on, on these guys, but these were key moments where if they just hold on to the football, if Stephen Ridley doesn't fumble against the Saints, Juju's fumble doesn't impact them. Yeah, you, know, you know that it was a it was a huge turnover that 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 sparked a comeback by New Orleans. Uh, the same thing goes for Connor against the Broncos, Connor against the Browns, Connor against the. I mean, you you, you see my point. I can yes. say this on multiple games. If they get a guy who can be a playmaker and protect the football, um, which is also why I don't think they should go for Jonathan Taylor. He fumbled a ton in college. 
Um, but Chris, we ran an incredibly good forty. I mean, but but also, I'm not. That's not to dismay. He is a playmaker. Like that guy, he he didn't just run a good forty, Tony. Because I do I do play down people that just run good forties. Because if you look at history history wise, people that run sub four four, there are very few of them that turn out to be very good. Michael Irvin did have a very good point when he said that on NFL Network. But when is when is Tree Archer's Hall of Fame enshrinement? Is that coming up <laughs> this year or is that next year? It's the same time Chris Rainey's Hall of Fame enshrinement will be. Um, <laughs> Both of them ran sub four fours, but um, but my but but that, that that's that's that that's a that's a good point. But my point with Jonathan Taylor's sub four four is that when you saw him on tape, he understands blocking schemes. Wisconsin did not have the best offensive line, and he had plenty of moves out in space. He could make you miss. He could stiff arm you. He he knows how to he knows how to win those type of battles, and. That that's the value that I get that 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 people are going to be excited about. And when you see that home run speed. I understand why that's a little different than than just getting a Dree Archer and just hoping for the best. Uh, but still, I, if I'm the Steelers, I might stay away from that because their problem has been ball security, and it yeah. was not solved this past season. And again, if James Conner doesn't fumble against the Niners, Mason Rudolph probably wins his first start, and we're not anywhere near to the crisis that 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 ever happens. Um, you know, so. There's there's a lot of things to consider there, and that's that's another reason just why I think running backs should be a um if 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 one of those top guys falls to them, they should not sleep on it unless there's a there's a, a lineman or a or a superstar player at another position that just, that that's fallen down. I am not advocating that they just take a, a blindly take a running back, but I yeah. think that they there's going to be a stud at that position that falls down to them, and it would be a mistake to overlook it just because oh well running backs suck. Well, okay, so we may be running a little long in the time here, but I do have one more for you. And this is kind of a yeah. Tony crazy take here. Uh, Woo, but is, is, is cornerback on the menu at all for the Steelers in this draft, right? Because you, you have – look, they have Hayden and they have Nelson, and neither of those guys are going anywhere. But, you know, uh, Hayden is certainly in the twilight, um, and they're going to be letting Artie Burns go this offseason. Now they have Lane and they have Cam Sutton behind but Sutton's probably going to more be a guy on the slot if they want to let Mike Hilton go. Is, is there any thought this offseason that the Steelers maybe should start preparing for life beyond Joe Hayden, bringing another guy a corner, just you know make sure that depth that corner you know stays a strength and, and doesn't become a weakness again? Uh, certainly. Um, and, and from what, what I'm hearing, the Steelers are actually preparing for that right now. Um, supposedly at this con- at the combine, they met with uh, cor- three different cornerbacks: Cameron Dantzler of Mississippi State, Jalen Johnson of Utah, and Amik Robertson of Louisiana Tech, who I really like because he's a, he's a really I think he's a he's a combative slot cornerback. I had someone ask me about that on the Facebook group. I haven't had a chance to respond yet, but if yeah. you're listening, this is me responding to that. I'll respond to your uh, actual post when I get get a chance later tonight or tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, there are they they are looking at that also. Uh, I was talking to Dale Lolly about this. He he believes that that because of this and because of the tight cap situation, that the Steelers might actually not bring back Mike Hilton, which would open up that slot position to Cameron Sutton, which means that they would need another depth guy to address the slot cornerback position. Yeah, yeah. Um, which really stinks because I think Mike Hilton is a very good player, and his instincts are just so strong for for when to blitz and how to understand when the run's coming and what hole to fill. You know, he's undersized, but he is just such a feisty dude, and he's a really good player. Um, but um, 
but I mean, still, Cameron Sutton, also a very smart cornerback. I, I remember interviewing him in his rookie year. He could give me so many specifics about the game. I was like, okay, this guy reminds me of what people said about Bryant McFadden and how he knew the game as a young cornerback. And now he talks about football for a living, uh, you know, on uh, on like on a national on national TV networks and stuff. So, um, so I, I think they're going to be confident in Sutton um coming in in the slot but they might want to actually address their depth for sure i think that there's definitely cornerback is definitely not off the board for the steelers i i'd say maybe in that fourth or fifth round range that's where you're going to see them take a stab there uh and if they take one in the, with that third compensatory pick i would not be surprised either because you know they're probably not sold on justin lane and they want to have somebody for you know I, you know if if joe hayden or steven nelson goes down which Probably will happen at some point. It's just yeah. the, the, the luck of football. Um, but they, they need a, a comparable replacement. Artie Burns is gone, even though he wasn't really the comparable replacement. He was at least someone that used to be a starter for you. Now your next guy is either Sutton or Lane. So, yeah, they do need another guy. Um, I think that uh, it's very reasonable to expect them to look there. So also for you mock drafters out there, look at the cornerback position. It don't 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 sniff that away. Uh also, look at safeties that that have also played slot cornerback. There's a couple out there. I can do more research to give you exact names at a later date. Uh, but if there are guys that can fill that that a hybrid role, not of a to a safety to a linebacker, but a safety to a corner, that might attract Mike Tomlin's eye because they, he's probably going to be looking like, hey, I need a guy that can take up multiple roles but only one roster spot and that would open up the chance for them to keep an extra receiver or to keep an extra running back or to keep an extra lineman on the roster so so yes tony to answer your question they should absolutely be looking at cornerback and i guess you know if, if, if it's a problem of lane you know not trusting lane to come in and they do have to let hilton go which which pushes <clears throat> sutton into the the starting role i guess a, a veteran might be on the table there as well right you know a cody sensible type or someone you know you who you uh a veteran you can trust yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. If they don't, if they don't like what they see out of guys, they'll yeah. reach out. They'll find somebody to bring into into camp and to compete with the young guys. Um, and and that's what Cody Sensabaugh was. He, he they was like, hey, uh, you need a job? Let's let's get over here. And you know, he well, I mean, he wasn't brought into camp. They signed him in, in in free agency. But I mean, he was a guy that covered for he covered Randall Cobb for the for the Giants in the playoffs. Um, and actually made a couple plays against them. But you know, he was a guy that you know, like we're not going to rely on you as a starter. And uh, so Sensabaugh got got a job and he he earned his his time with the Steelers. Um, so so yeah, that's absolutely a possibility if they don't see anything they like um, with their group. And uh, Kevin Colbert is known to to hedge his hedge his bets on on young guys and to back them up. That's a, I think that was entirely why they went and got Mark Barron ahead of time, because uh, they knew they were going to try and get a Devin Bush or a Devin White or at least a young linebacker somewhere that was going to contribute to the team. And yeah. they wanted Mark Barron to be able to back them up. I can definitely foresee uh, him taking that kind of a shot with a, a with a depth cornerback if they don't like what they see out of the young guys. And quarterback is that off the table? No, I don't. Th well, the Steelers will tell you yes. The Steelers will say we are set on quarterback. I I, I often see that as a smokescreen. I I think that they know that the quarterback isn't a priority. The second round pick isn't going to be a quarterback. I don't even think it when they get that third round pick. I don't think that's going to be a quarterback. But if if a guy falls into the fourth round that they see value in, they they might take the stab there. They they might say, you know what, it's worth this to bring in a guy to compete with uh with Mason Rudolph. Um, you know the Steelers are our best player available guy. You know I'm interested to see how people actually value Jalen Hurts. You know if if Jalen Hurts is continues to drop down the draft, I can foresee them 
making that making that shot with him and letting him, letting him compete against Mason Rudolph. But they have enough young quarterbacks in the roster. Um, uh, you know, you know, if they took one in the seventh round, uh, we had a, our, our guy that won the mock draft, Jordan Pierce. He had him selecting that uh, Cole McDonald out of Hawaii. He ran the fastest forty of the of the quarterbacks mm-hmm. in this combine. Um, he has a cannon of an arm. He's big. He's he's obviously fast. Um, those things are good, but he's so inconsistent that he's going to be a huge project. You know, maybe getting a guy like that to come into camp would be interesting. So keep that in your mind. But I doubt they're going to spend one of their first three picks in this draft on a quarterback. Yeah, same. I, I think there's, you know, I am. I, I hope they don't, because like, like I said, I I hope that they they take some guys who can uh, who can compete right away and and you know, let's get this Super Bowl run started in 2020. I hear that. On that note, Tony. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, you have anything else to say or where, where, people, where you want people to find your stuff? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country. Uh, I'm excited, man. This is, you know, th- right now as we start getting into draft season, you know, you're watching these cutups on YouTube and you're imagining every player that you can think of on the Steelers. You know, this is we're getting into my favorite time of the year, not just because Formula One is starting, but also draft season is starting. Indeed. It is certainly a fun time for people that that uh, that, that want the draft season. If you're into Formula One, Go have fun with that, too. Um, you guys know I'm Chris Carter, a host of your Locked On Steelers podcast with my former co-host here, Tony Serino. You can find my work at Carter Critiques on Twitter. Um, you can also join the Facebook group to talk with other people on the show. Go, go to Facebook, search Locked On Steelers, um, and you'll be able to find the group. I will be able to add you'll just just ask to ask to join the group. I'll add you as soon as possible. If you like this show, please hit the subscribe button as well as the uh, rate us. Give us uh, the five the five star review as well as a positive comment. Those things really help me get the word out about the show, letting people everyone know what it was uh, and uh, let people know how good of a show we got going here. and What a great community we have. Thanks to all those who do reach out to me. Uh, I appreciate everyone who does. If I don't get back to you right away, just understand I'm trying to fit a very tight schedule. So often, often that's just what's going on there. Also, if you haven't heard, uh, I, I brought this up in my intro, but I, I please, please, please go to the go to Joey Bag of Donuts on Twitter. He has the Pittsburgh Media March Madness Tournament. It's a bracket of all media personalities in Pittsburgh. I made it in barely as a 16 seed, and I'm taking on Colby Armstrong. Please go vote for me at Carter Critiques in that poll. You can find it there. You can also find it on on my on my. Uh, my, my Twitter profile, if you go to at Carter Critiques, you can vote for me there. We're going to try and pull off the upset, y'all. Pull our, pull our channel, our UMBC for March Madness, and uh, take down the one seed, Colby Armstrong, former Pittsburgh Penguin that's now a national hockey guy. We're going to take him out and show him what Locked On Steelers is all about. So, again, Tony, thanks for coming on the show. We'll see you guys tomorrow.